You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health Podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, and welcome to A Mindful Moment. We're so grateful to be part of this community, all experiencing these strange times together and knowing that we're not alone. There's never been a better time to build your mindfulness skills. Mindfulness not only improves your mental, emotional, and physical well-being, but provides a foundation for remaining calm during stressful challenges and events. Through mindful thoughts and actions, we can do more than just survive these challenges. We can continue to thrive. The key to becoming more mindful is simply practice. We hope this podcast will provide you with knowledge, inspiration, motivation, and helpful strategies to cope with current events. Working together, we can not only get through any situation, but can learn and grow from the experience. So let's get started. It seems the whole world changed in a matter of just weeks. Each of us has been impacted in different ways, but we all share one thing in common. Life has changed. In the first weeks of the shutdown, businesses had to freeze in place or pivot fast. Individuals had to relocate to working from home or just be home without working. Children of all ages had their school schedules abruptly ended and are in various stages of remote learning or having a very long spring break. And as we discussed in last week's show, we've all entered a state of waiting, which is where most of us are still stuck at least for a little longer. While some are reacting to waiting by protesting or filing lawsuits or finding someone to blame, I hope that most people are spending at least some time thinking about what they want to do differently when the stay-at-home orders are lifted. Perhaps even how they'd like the world to be different as it emerges from this crisis. Like a pearl from an oyster or a butterfly out of the cocoon, agitation can result in beauty. For those of us who are well or have healed from the virus, We've all experienced various degrees of agitation over the past few weeks. What do we want to see emerge? I truly believe this is an opportunity to make changes in our lives for the better. Most of us were blindly following the status quo with little regard for our own well-being or the well-being of others or the planet. This pandemic has been an enormous wake-up call for those willing to listen. However, before we decide to change our lives, our outlooks, and our future actions, careers, or relationships, I think it's important that we spend some time in what's left of our secluded retreats to take a self-care inventory. When we think of self-care, we tend to think of exercise, eating right, and getting a good amount of sleep. And these are all excellent practices for staying well. But rarely are the first thoughts of self-care directed at our emotional well-being. We must not ignore our mental health, as it can have a negative impact not only on our emotional, but physical well-being. Start by taking inventory of your self-care practices, including your mental health. For most of us, it has been sorely tested over the past few weeks. Fear, panic, anxiety, frustration, anger, and more 
which may have led to feelings of sadness, stress, exhaustion, and even depression. These are all natural responses to what we've been going through, but remaining in any of these states for a prolonged period of time can have serious health implications. Again, assuming you are well or healing, consider whether you're still stressed out. If you're still in seclusion, what's causing this stress? If you're at home and careful if you go out for necessities, you're pretty safe from getting sick, so it's probably not that causing your stress. Pay attention to your thoughts. Are you creating your own stress by obsessively overthinking? From dwelling on the past to replaying negative events to worrying about the future? Putting yourself into a state of stress has a negative impact on the entire body. If you're struggling with your thoughts, don't judge yourself. This is just what our brains do. But the good news about stress is that we can control it to a large degree through methods of self-care that will help reduce the negative chatter and help us refocus on actions we can take to support our well-being. Reducing stress has been shown to increase immune response by keeping the body in a state of ease. A body under stress is a body in the state of unease, or simply put, disease. Practicing meditation, mindfulness, and other forms of contemplative practices can help us calm down the projections of the mind and allow us to see where we can minimize stress. Being present allows us to recognize that in this moment, we are not in a stressful situation at all. Most of it is made up stories in our minds about a what-if that hasn't even happened. Mindfulness practices also help us accept what is. If you're out of work now, or are concerned you will not have a job to return to, that's definitely a scary scenario. But the fact is, millions of people are now out of work and may be for some time. If you run a business that has been closed or is considered high risk, you're also facing a very uncertain future. So again, just plain scary. But stressing about it won't help and in fact can make the situation much worse. When we are in a state of stress, our ability to think clearly or creatively is greatly diminished beyond fighting or running, neither of which we can actually do. If ever in the modern history of the world do we need to be able to think clearly and creatively, it's now. So the most important step you can take right now for your self-care is to mind your mind. Let's add mindfulness to the self-care list of exercising, eating healthy, and getting enough sleep. Beyond these activities, self-care is actually very personal and individualized. Find activities that bring you pleasure and peace. For now, it may be something as simple as baking a cake, playing video games, reading a good book, creating a drawing, or completing a puzzle. Lots of people seem to be finding joy in tackling homemade sourdough bread. One key to self-care while waiting to see what happens in the world is finding something to get lost in that brings you joy. Creativity can be a great way to channel stress into something that ultimately brings you peace. Self-care is different for everyone, and only you know what makes you feel good. As thoughts return to worrying about the future, which they will, simply remind yourself to return to the task at hand. What are you doing right now? How does it feel? If it feels good, keep doing it. If it feels frustrating, find something else to do. The time will come when we will have to focus on what to do about lost jobs, rebuilding the economy, and how to navigate the world in a new way. But right now, we can focus on identifying what we need to do to shore up our individual well-being 
so that we're ready to tackle whatever challenges lie ahead. That brings us to today's guest. Matt Zinman is a personal success trainer whose experiences as an entrepreneur, athlete, single parent, caretaker, and nonprofit founder drive him to be a difference maker. This led him to author Z-isms, Insights to Live By, with the goal to positively impact as many people as possible. In addition, Matt is CEO of the Internship Institute, which he established to make experience matter. Welcome, Matt. Thank you for joining us. It's great to be with you, Teresa. Thank you. So my first question has to be, what is a Z-ism? That would be the natural question I typically hear. It's affiliated with my last name. I do have a thing for the Z. We're really talking about those experiences that we have through our lives that when we share them can make a positive impact on others. So those can be you know, pearls of wisdom and you know, even things that our parents uh, pass down to us. And so we might think, well, it's a, you know, quips and, and quotes, but you know, it's a full-fledged book. And I'm hoping that uh, it, it will invite people to also share their own insights to live by. Great. So I have to ask you, because I know early on you start talking about earned confidence. So can you describe right. what that is? Yeah, you know, it's really the foundation of the book, the fact, the logic that wherever we are in our lives, we're still here. You know, we've made it through everything that we've, that we've been through. And it's a reminder to, to trust ourselves and that we're capable of overcoming everything that we're dealing with now and everything that is coming our way, because that's what we've always done. So the importance of it is a reminder just to ground yourself so that you're not caught up in worrying and being anxious and the negativity or making assumptions, you know, the things that really take you out of the present uh, when you know you can just deal with the real. And how do you, you know, if you were explaining to someone how to do that or how to practice that, what would you tell them? Well, the first thing, and, and I think the, the worrying is really at the heart of it because that's really a habit. I mean, babies aren't born worriers and sometimes it, it occurs in our subconscious. You know, we have, we don't even realize that we're doing it. And sometimes it's very overt and we get caught up in it. And so if you can't catch yourself, the way to do it is you have to, you have to look at the situation of whatever it was that you were worried about when it doesn't happen. And then reflect back and say, well, what did I do to myself? What was all that negativity that I put myself through unnecessarily? And possibly what did I do with anyone else in terms of expressing and sharing that because of that personal responsibility we all have about our energy? And you know, that's you know, the negative and the positive are true. So that's how you train yourself is, is remind yourself how, uh, you know, how you got it wrong. That's great because, of course, mindfulness is really paying attention to our thoughts, but we get distracted. So that's a great tip to try to go backwards and reflect on what you did in the past. That's perfect. So right now, a lot of people are still under, we're calling it a secluded retreat, but it's basically uh, some sort of a shutdown or stay-at-home orders or right. they're slowly opening up. But we've been very focused on mental health and paying attention to our emotional well-being lately because it's so important. And I think it's challenging for people right now under these circumstances. And I know you also include that in the book. So I was wondering if you could share some information about that. Absolutely. I, yeah, I think people have a tendency to really dance around this topic and you know, the stigmas associated with it. And 
I'm hoping that what we're talking about here and being front and center and taking it head on in the book are the kinds of things that are going to make that go away. I mean, the brains are part of the body. I'm not sure why we're separating here. And I also don't think that anyone is really spared, either themselves or someone in their family, uh, very close to them, going through life without some kind of mental health event occurring. And for me, one of the disclosures in, in the book is that I have had to contend with depression since my teens. I didn't exactly inherit the best gene pool along these lines, but it's something that, that you have to be so mindful of at all times just because of being so susceptible to kind of sinking into that quicksand as it goes. And I think that a lot of people are susceptible right now with the situation and, and being taken out of the structure that they're used to in their daily life. One of the things from a practical standpoint I try to do is like the three-day rule so that I know there might be a bad weather day or something will happen that I feel like I'm punched in the gut and get knocked down and have to get back up. But, you know, that's, that's just part of life. But if, if, if I get to that third day and I really feel myself sinking, I, I have to take action. And that might be creating structure for myself or um, working out and getting my endorphins up or reaching out to people who I know are going to lift me up. I mean, we're talking about coping skills, but you have to take that action is the main thing. And we're talking about it here, but I, I can tell you from experience, it's a much easier said than done. And I'm sure other people can relate to that as well. And if you do get to the point where you're feeling that you're sinking deeper than it is, you can get yourself out. I mean, one of the things that are I guess is a, a slight silver lining is that telehealth is now a lot more accessible. So people who had that stigma about reaching out um, or going, you know, the proverbial lying on someone's couch, you know, that's gone away now. You know, you can get a professional to talk to and, and really that's what I would encourage people to do if they have any question, particularly if they're having trouble keeping themselves safe. I agree. I think a lot of what happens with a lot of our listeners is there's a range, of course. So I know we have some people that are isolated and, and may be suffering from depression. You know, a lot of people that it's more a matter of emotional mood more than, say, clinical depression. Right. And a lot of it is coming out or being expressed through things like getting angry about people breaking the rules or getting mad because the store doesn't have what they want. You know, it's expressing itself in anger, but it's really fear or sadness that's coming out that way. So we have been talking over the past few weeks about judgments and perceptions, that we have some control over how we view something. And I know you sure. cover perceptions in the book as well. So right. again, could you share something yeah. about that? Well, you know, for better or for worse, Teresa, we only have control over ourselves. And sometimes for worse in terms of what you're <laughs> describing. But perception is, is easy just to really forget about the fact that you know, we do have all these moving parts and we have so much information coming at us at all times. And at any given time, we might be not listening as well or not being present or our mood is distorting our view of reality. And we assume what it is that we experience is the truth when in fact, it's really just an interpretation and in being that also an assumption. So it's very important just as a you know, rule of thumb or just to keep in mind to give yourself the benefit of the doubt and give others the benefit of the doubt. And particularly if you're feeling down and you're so much more susceptible to beating yourself up and it's, that's also part of earned confidence. You know, why be anything less than kind to yourself, right? Start there. That's, that's really the, you know, at the foundation of, uh, of all of it. So when we look at earned confidence and 
and mood health and perception. These are all filters that we're constantly having to adapt uh, in our perspective on life. And you always have to seek objectivity. And one of the ways that we talk about doing that is we, we have a tool in that chapter called a perception snapshot. It's very simple. I mean, you don't have to see it to get that you might have a left column where you're isolating things like my basic life needs are met. I'm healthy. My family's healthy. Thank goodness. And go down the list, right? Your relationships, your finances, your work-life balance, whatever that is to you. And on the right, you've got that positive and negative column. And just in that any given moment, you're going to feel differently. You can see the same exact set of circumstances in very different ways at any given time. Well, what is that snapshot? And hopefully you can say, well, my basic life needs are met and people are healthy. You know, that's right. You got food in the fridge and be grateful, right? We're rooting ourselves in gratitude here. That certainly is at the heart of all of the things that we're, we're already talking about. And then everyone's going to have things in the negative column, but this is just now. And rely on your earned confidence. And there is a situation here where there's just no other way but through, but you're going to make it through, even if you don't have the answer now. You'll find the answer, right? We're survivors. So having that confidence in yourself and knowing that that's going to be the case, you know, just take a breath and, you know, put things in perspective. Excellent. We do a lot of breathing on the podcast and we do a lot of breathing in the workshops. So one of the other uh, areas that you cover in the book is really related to swimming with the current. And I love that analogy because I think we spend a lot of time fighting against the current, which is from my perspective, kind of fruitless. And so I'm wondering if you could share your wisdom about what it means to swim with the current. Well, I think that everybody who's into mindfulness can certainly relate to, it's an individual experience. And the more that you, at least for myself, that I ground myself in gratitude and I'm staying present, the more I'm in alignment, the more that I experience that feeling of being in the flow. And it really is fueled by by gratitude. But when we're talking about swimming with the current, there are a few applications. So for one, just through life experience, around swimming against the current. It could be a job, it could be a relationship, it could be a conversation, it could be just any circumstance. And you get that feeling of, you know, banging my head against the wall or I'm pushing the boulder up the hill, right? Whatever that is, the swimming against the current feeling, all those metaphors, it's like an alarm. You have to stop and ask yourself, what does it mean to turn around? What is the opportunity that, because I can be, I think all of us can apply our will in a certain way to try and get our way. And when that's not working, it's what else can you do but turn around or drown? So it's really important to be mindful of that and, and be self-aware so that you can do that. And then the other application, which I think is also very practical, is in, in relationships, like with my wife, Erica, uh, we always know who the current is. <laughs> that's like the domestic version of going with the flow. And it's a relief, you know, who does what and and just dividing and conquering, it is very much about, uh, about being, you know, in the partnership of it. But when you apply the swimming with the current aspect to the relationship, it really does keep things a lot more smooth. So hopefully that's something that people can relate to and, and will find helpful. Oh, and especially now, because I know a lot of people now that they've been home with the same person right. for weeks on end, 24-7 maybe letting go and just going with the flow would be very helpful right now, especially. Hopefully people, you know, at this point with the adjustments we're all going through have, are finding ways to turn the difficulties and the challenges that, you know, no one takes change on very easily, but are finding the opportunities and are finding the, the life enrichment that's here and now for, uh, for people to embrace. 
Excellent. I love all of that information. I think it's very helpful. I hope people really take it to heart. And I guess I would ask you as an ending question, just when you are feeling frustrated or anxious about conditions, because I think all of us, even those of us that practice mindfulness all the time, we're human and we have our ups and downs. And most of us have a toolkit of what we go to, to get us back to that grounded state or centered. Do you have a favorite go-to that you use when you start to feel yourself veering off a little bit? You know, on one hand, I do routinely practice light meditation and breathing, but that's an ongoing thing. To your question, I really try and find triggers in my day to remind myself around gratitude and, and just to take me out of, you know, having my head down and whatever it is I'm doing or that situation that you described being frustrated to just step back and almost go into that perception snapshot mode or, or find something in particular. So as soon as I put my feet on the floor in the morning, I'm thinking about gratitude. If I catch 11-11 on the clock, that's a trigger for me. That's chapter 11. Uh, I have a thing for 11-11. Uh, and, um, and, and just embedding those kinds of things in, into my day uh, so that it keeps me on course and not allow myself to, uh, to get too far off course. Fantastic. I hope that everyone is well in your family. You're in Pennsylvania? Yeah, near Philadelphia. Everybody's doing great. Thank Good. you. Good. For sure. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks to your listeners. Thank you. Stay well. And you. As Matt said, why be anything less than kind to yourself? Perhaps that should be the foundation of our self-care inventory. While we know the basics of self-care for most of us, feeling happy or content is equally important for our emotional self-care. Notice how you feel, and if you suddenly feel good, what did you do to make you feel that way? It can be anything. Talking to loved ones, cleaning, gardening, painting, cooking, dancing, reading or just sitting outside. It doesn't matter what it is or if it matches what experts tell us is considered self-care, only that you identify it and do it. Pay attention and write it down. Incorporate it into your regular self-care routine and additionally turn to it anytime you feel stress rising. If you're struggling or feeling depressed, as we discussed in the interview, seek professional treatment. There are telehealth options, as Matt mentioned, like BetterHelp, so you don't need to physically go to a clinic or doctor's office. Please don't ignore feelings of depression or think you should be able to handle it yourself. Seeking support is a critical factor of self-care and the ultimate kindness to yourself. Once you've taken your self-care inventory and adjusted your activities to align with what makes you feel good, engage in those activities every day. That will help you prepare for whatever comes next. We'll be discussing that in more detail over the next few weeks, and again, clarity and creativity will be required. We'll be exploring how we can emerge into who we want to be and how we want to show up every day in our new world. We'll shift into focusing on what's truly important to each of us and how we integrate that into our new lives. But for now, let's focus on getting ourselves beyond surviving so we can take the first steps toward thriving in a post-pandemic world. Let's simply sit in silence for a moment. Feel kindness for yourself. It's been a challenging few weeks, but you've made it through. Give yourself this moment to relax and feel grateful. 
people. Start your self-care inventory today. We're about to enter another phase of change, so the better you feel, the better you'll be able to meet any challenges that arise. Life offers too many rich opportunities to just survive it, even during challenging times. Our intention is to support you in thriving through a life of purpose and meaning. Until next time remember to be mindful. Please visit our website for links to mental health services and apps, along with other resources to support you through these trying times. We'd love to share how you're navigating through this event and what mindfulness lessons we might find in those strategies. So email us at info at worktoliveproductions.com if you'd like to be on the show. Please subscribe to A Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Please rate this podcast so that others can find us. And follow us on social media at Work to Live. A Mindful Moment is written and hosted by Teresa McKee. The Spanish version is translated and recorded by Paola Tile. Intro music, Retreat by Jason Farnham. Outro music, Morning Stroll by Josh Kirsch, Meteorite Productions. Meditation music, Kiss the Sky by Akash Gandhi. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions. Thank you for tuning in.